You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning winning drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, the Ravens made some different moves, some new moves, some old moves, <laughs> some some needed Depending on who you ask, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of the fan base moves um, uh, yesterday uh, on uh, Wednesday, I apologize. They talked about um, getting some new blood in here and getting some old blood that they moved into some places. So let's start with the new blood. Uh, Willie Taggart, you know, if you've heard his name, he he has coached in multiple college programs, including Florida State, which, by the way, I think he's still getting paid. Good for him. Um, He is now the running backs coach for the Ravens. T. Martin has been moved from the wide receiver coach to the quarterbacks coach. Um, And team and head strength and conditioning coordinator Steve Saunders, who much of the fan base has not been really happy with, uh, parted ways. And so Scott Elliott has been promoted unto his old position. So, you know, those are the moves that that we have seen. Um, we know that, you know, uh, James Urban was the quarterback's coach, but we don't really know um, what his future is. Um, and Craig Versteeg was the running back's coach and, and also not really sure of his future. So I'm going to start with Taggart. Um, Cordell, because I see, you know, it's a lot of talk about this. When he was brought up as the offensive coordinator, um, I was not thrilled. And you know I'm a college football fan, big big time. And while I like some of the concepts that Taggart has, um, I don't think that he's a great play caller. Much what we just came from, by the way. Um, And so my issue was always the play calling. So when I heard that his name was in the running, I mean, I literally wanted to gouge my eyeballs out. Because how do you try to leave a situation and then go into a, a similar type situation? That was going to drive me insane. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen. They, we, they hired Todd Munkin um, as a result. But I don't have a problem with this hire. I, I've seen people talk about this. Oh, this is, you know, another Harbaugh guy. And because he was with Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. I know this is uh, hard to believe, guys. The nepotism is a thing. I mean, I don't even think this is nepotism. This is just you hiring your 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 guys. Yeah. It happens all the time, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And so 
I don't have a problem with this because even though I'm not a fan of his play calling, he does have good offensive experience. And the running backs coach, I mean, to me, he has one of the easiest jobs. J.K. Dobbins and hopefully if Gus Edwards is still here, they are one of they are two they are a great duo. I, I don't really know what exactly Taggart is going to do to, to make them better because to me they are already really good at what they do. To me, this is a, a homeboy hookup. And he has offensive experience, a plethora of it. So it looks good on the resume to have him here. Yeah, I mean, it's in anything, it's all about who you know. Absolutely. It, this, this is nothing new, you know. Um, and people people don't really take into the account that these coaches do need a part of being on a coaching staff is being around coaches that you like. You're around these guys a lot. You know, uh, it's a lot of teamwork that's involved in being a coaching staff. They're working with these guys nonstop throughout the day. They're always around each other. They're always having conversations. They they are a team of their own, so to speak. So um, it's a big part of that is to have coaches that you feel like you'll be able to get along with. Um, that that's a big part of the you know prerequisites on joining a coaching staff, and so that's one of the perks of bringing in guys that you know that you're comfortable with, that you have a history with, um, because you, at least you know you guys can work together. Mm -hmm. um, but in, in terms of Tagger, yeah, I mean it. You know, it, it didn't wow me. It's it's a name for sure. If you follow college football, like you said, you 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 know who Willie Taggart is. Um, I don't have a problem with it uh, at all. The running back group wasn't a problem to me last year. So, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with really Tagger coming in and, and coaching these guys. That was, that is crazy. That was one of the big splash moves of the day, but it was probably one of the, I'm not going to say least impactful ones, but it was kind of like, okay. I mean, you know, it, it's more, I think the, the biggest thing about it, that makes it a splash move, so to speak. It's just the name, you know, that that's that's being involved. But um, I don't think we came into the offseason saying, oh, yeah, the Ravens need a new running backs coach like that. Right. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't think anybody was – that was one of the things anybody was banging on the table for. But, again, I, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, just, you know, is is more experience added to the coaching staff. Willie Taggart has been a, um, in a lot of off uh, head coaching uh, spots the last couple of years. He's just left uh, FIU with Florida State before that, and I think Oregon uh, right before them. So he's he's been around. He's coached at some prestigious colleges. He's got to coach a lot of quality players. So you know it's it's good to have him on the staff for sure. Yeah, I I, I like the hire again. You know, even though uh, I, I'm not a fan of him having the the reins and playing calling plays, I do like the experience that he has. I have no problem with that. In terms of quarterbacks, coach, um, mm -hmm. you know that they moved T. Martin over. What is your thoughts on that? There's a lot of people that really like T. Martin, yeah. um, and and you know a lot of people thought that he should have you know been an offensive coordinator. I was not in in, in that number. Um, you know, I remember when he was the offensive coordinator at USC and it didn't work out uh, for them and he was relieved of his duties before the season was over. Now, look, that was some time ago. I think that was like 16 or 17. Don't don't, you know, quote me there fully. But it was it, it's, it was about five, at least five years ago. And obviously things change. People change. He's gotten a lot of experience. And I think that T. Martin is a really good offensive coach. I just don't know if offensive coordinator was where he needed to be at that moment. Doesn't mean that I don't think he can get there. So it'll be very interesting to see 
you know, how this works. And we know Lamar has his own quarterbacks coach. So I, I don't know really what the dynamic will be here. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I like the, the tag for T. Martin. Well, hopefully Lamar is not bringing his personal quarterback coach to practice anymore. Um, I'm not really surprised that uh, James Urban isn't the quarterback's coach anymore. Um, I don't know if James Urban is still going to be – I mean, right now, I guess he's still on the team. Uh, They haven't defined a role for him yet, but they didn't mention anything about James Urban. So hopefully we get a resolution on what's going on with him um, in the near future. But in terms of T. Martin, I don't have a a, a huge issue with it. My my question about T. Martin – you know, the the pass game has been ridiculed a lot over the last – a couple of years, and Greg Roman has taken a lot of that heat, but um, correct me if I'm wrong, T. Martin is one of the pass game coordinators. He, uh, that Him so, and Keith Williams, I believe. Yeah, he, were, he and Keith Williams are the pass game coordinators. So um, I was worried about those guys. Keith Williams still, we we, we, we don't, I mean, I, I guess Keith Williams is still going to man the wide receiver group maybe, um, but I, I don't I don't know what's, uh, I, I didn't know what to expect for those guys especially with the new offensive coordinator coming in this year because you know I'm while fans and us weren't necessarily questioning them uh inside the building they probably were because that's their role you know what they struggled in the most offensively is what they are supposed to be you know there it's their job to help design so um I'm a little I'm on the fence a little bit I but the thing is I do like T Martin I, I I like T Martin as a position coach I think in a in a way this is an upgrade over James Urban at quarterback coach simply because anytime a player is bringing his own personal coach to practice I think that kind of tells you a little bit about what he thinks about the coach that he has whether it's intentional or not it's there um, you know, if, if, if I think my coach is doing a good enough job, I'm not bringing my personal coach from back home to practice with me, uh, to coach me on a different way than what the team's coach is doing. So, um, I, I think the writing was on the wall for James Urban to kind of be moved, uh, out of the quarterback spot. I think T Martin may be able to relate to Lamar a little more. He may be able to talk to him uh, in a way that, maybe Lamar understands a little more or is more receptive to, I should say. He speaks the native tongue, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I I, I don't know. Uh, it, it may just be kind of just like who does Lamar have more chemistry with? Who can Lamar connect with more? Or, you know, or in general, I mean, at this point, I don't even think that the Ravens are making moves with Lamar in mind, I should say. So it's really about who, in their mind, it's probably about who can do the job the best. And T. Martin, they probably didn't want to let him go, um, but wanted to move him around on a team. He has interviewed for a couple of uh, other uh, gigs around the league and hasn't gotten them. So this is, I don't know if this is a promotion for him or not, but um, I don't, I don't have an issue with him being a quarterback's coach. I I think this is, this will be a cool uh, experience for him. And then obviously the the the, uh, the largest talk was the uh, departure of Saunders. You had a lot of people that wasn't a big fan of Saunders. He was, allegedly was the one that started the COVID mm-hmm. chain in 2020, where everybody got sick, and we remember that game against the Steelers 
which was that was probably Harbaugh's one of his better coaching um, stints yeah. because I mean they really didn't like they didn't get blown out at all. They were really I think they lost by like a score, which was really crazy. Um, nonetheless, you know uh, we all remember him from that, and then you know you, what people. Although I think that the Ravens were relatively healthy last year. Um, we know what happened the year before, and you know you got a lot of people that 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 look to you know blame someone, and and so Saunders is the guy that you know it becomes the sacrificial lamb in that regard. So um, you know I I I don't know what this means yet because you know I think we this is something we have to find out when the when they start the the strengthening and training process and conditioning um, process. So um, I just know that from a fan perspective, this has been a very popular decision. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no doubt about it. Um, and you don't really hear about strength and conditioning coaches, you know that that being one of the more um, uh, hot topics uh, in the area, but this one has people have been kind of calling for Steve Saunders' job since that COVID incident. Um, and you think about the Ravens and their injuries over the last couple of years and stuff. It's it's kind of, even after last year, all the injuries that the Ravens had, everybody everybody kind of figured Steve Saunders would be one of the guys gone. Remember, John Harbaugh said they were going to look at everything from top to bottom. They did change a lot of their workout routines. They changed their training camp schedule and things like that. Uh, but a lot of people were surprised T Mar- uh, that not T Martin, but Steve Saunders wasn't a part of some of the changes that they made. Um, but you know, I, I do think that this is one that's overdue. Um, we'll see how Elliot does in there, but this is a Ravens team. I'm not going to say that they ever seemed gassed. You know, I, I can't ever too many times say that this was the, that this Ravens team looked gassed in the fourth quarter, maybe in the Pittsburgh game. Uh, the second Pittsburgh game, just because they were getting the ball ran down their throats for probably maybe the second time all year. Um, but other than that, th- this is a pretty well-conditioned team. So they're going to have to keep that going for sure. But I think everybody wants to see the Ravens health-wise uh, be a little better than they've been the last couple of seasons. And I understand, you know, because, you know, that 2021 season was really bad. I mean, we had seen record injuries, right? Yeah. And, and and it did feel like it was more than a coincidence. I'm not blaming Saunders, by the way. I have no reason why. I, I don't I don't know why we, right. saw, we saw. I'm just saying that, you know, it, it happened, right? And you got people look to blame somebody. And it's not, not the turf that the MT bank has that wasn't it, you know, so you, you got to go with who in the organization is a part of the, the program to strengthen and train and, 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 and get these guys together. And that's who it was. And that's, so he became, you know, the, the scapegoat for that, whether it be true or not, I, I don't know. Right. Um, but Ultimately, I, I do think that uh, the COVID thing for me is where he lost me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've always felt like that was extremely irresponsible. If I was the Ravens, I would have let him go after that season. But I'm not the Ravens, clearly. So, you know, they kept him for another two seasons. And then finally, you know, they've moved on. So I, I'm curious to see how this will play out. Again, that's not really something that I, we'll know how that's going to be because, you know, we it's not like people and and look Cordell it might be people out here let me not say that it might be people out here that really uh follow strength and 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 training and conditioning coaches right and know their history 
I'm going to have to assume this is one of the things that a lot of fans don't follow. So we really don't know what this person can do. This is something that more so we have to see how this goes and how the health of the team goes as the season goes along. Um, that, that we can really understand what the effect is on on um, this hire. So, um, yeah, I mean, those those are the new hires in terms of the staff. What does this mean for Keith Williams? I feel like we his name really just kind of is left in the wind yeah, <laughs> as a result. He and James Urban. I yes. Mean, we kind of got to figure out what's what's going to go on with those guys. They, they didn't mention them. Um, I'm hoping to find out something by the end of the week about those guys but yeah uh it's kind of just like are they just in in the gray area like are they waiting to be given an assignment are they waiting to be given their walking papers i don't exactly know um for james urban i mean he's been the quarterback's coach for so long are you is this would you be open to doing something else on the team i i don't know um it's just it's a weird situation right now, but I, I'm definitely hoping to get a resolution about those two guys in the near future. Same. I would like to know, you know, a lot of people were high on Keith Williams as well. So it will be interesting to see what happens um, with him. And uh, James Urban, I know that he had been in some names for potential, you know, um, offensive um, coordinators for other teams. I don't think that anything has come from that. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Cause he did apply for the offensive coordinator for the Ravens and, you know, we know Munkin got it. So, you know, sometimes it's like, Hey, you know, you don't want to go back to what you were doing when you tried to get a promotion. You, you feel like you might need to start somewhere else. Not saying that that's urban situation. We clearly don't know that just given my opinion on how sometimes that can work itself out. So yeah, I'm curious to see where those two guys go, but overall, what did you, what, what do you think about this? Is this, is this staff offensively starting to come around for you? Do you like it? Do you feel any, are you indifferent about it? It's just like, Oh, okay. I mean, you know, I don't really know until the season starts. What is your, your take on it? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to really know what's going to happen right now, but I will say I like the shakeup. I like the fact that they're doing something. This offense was bad this year. I mean, let's just call it like it is. The offense was bad. Um, and even as good as the run game was, and as good as the offensive line was, they're not scoring points. You know, they 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 lack the big plays. Um, they lack the ability to score. You have to change things up. So I, I give the Ravens credit for not only just going out and getting a new offensive coordinator, but they're shaking things up even with the people that have been on this staff for some time now. So, um, you know, you 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 can. It's easy to get kind of caught up in your own hype and uh, start to let your ego take over and think nothing needs to be fixed or not many things need to be fixed, but it was clear looking at this Ravens offense this year that some things had to change. And um, like I said, the running back coaches, I mean, it's cool. That wasn't necessarily one of the things on the top of my list, but uh, I'm not surprised that there's a new quarterback coach Um, strength and conditioning. We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, But I, I do think they needed a shake up. Yeah, same. So I, I'm I'm excited about this this staff, this offensive staff. Listen, I don't know what what's going to happen here. We clearly are still trying to figure out what the quarterback situation is going to be, but I am excited to see what this offense staff can do. Hopefully, if Lamar is able to continue to be a Raven, so yeah, we, we will find that out um, as the season prevails uh, in 2023. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? 
And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into our next segment, make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there is a new episode, you will be the first to know. So, of course, we can't have a Ravens podcast, Cordell, without talking about Lamar Jackson because that is still the talk of the town. I know that people are having Lamar fatigue in terms of the contract, not him as the person, of course, but... It's still a topic. Every day that goes by that Lamar is not signed, it becomes a topic. So um, now we're at the situation where people are making their assumptions on terms of what Lamar is worth from a trade perspective. Nick Wright of Fox Sports uh, put out his information in terms of what he believes is a good trade for Lamar. And that was... 2023 uh, first round pick, which, excuse me, the Falcons. Let me start there. Mm -hmm. He believes that it's a trade trade to the Falcons in which the Ravens would receive a 2023 first round pick, which is eighth overall that the Falcons have, a 2023 45th round uh, pick, and a 2024 first round pick. Uh, This is embarrassing to me. Um, I don't know what Nick Wright was on when he came up with this list, Mm -hmm. because that was the list, by the way. I mean, I, I ended it because that's what he said. And what world is Lamar not worth three first round picks? That's a pick. That's a package to me. If you're a team trying to get Aaron Rodgers, right? A guy that is on the 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 sunset portion of his career, right? But still can play at a very high level. I'm trying to understand why do you think that a guy who is entering his sixth season, who was in the unanimous MVP, is worth? Just two first round picks and a second. <laughs> Explain in what world to me is that going to fly with any franchise? And if I'm the Ravens, you can't call me with that. Don't call me with that. That's crap. And of course, we don't we don't know if that's even what happened. This is just his projection of what he right. thinks Lamar is worth. Um, while I do know that the Falcons are interested in Lamar, um, I don't know that there's been any talk about what can happen or that EDC is even fielding any calls for Lamar. Uh, But they all, you also have to understand that the Falcons are in a division where 
Um, nobody has a true quarterback situation. The only guy that's under contract in the NFC South is Kyle Trask in Tampa Bay, um, who basically backed up Tom Brady the whole time. And Kyle Trask, I'm the person that knows who Kyle Trask is because he went to University of Florida. I am a Gator fan. But if you don't know that from, if you didn't know him from that, you don't know who Kyle Trask is at all. Mm -hmm. So, Every team in that division needs a quarterback. The Atlanta uh, trade makes perfect sense, but it makes no sense in terms of what Nick Wright is suggesting that Lamar is worth. Like none. Yeah, I mean that's a joke. Uh, exactly. Number one, the eight, the number eight pick guarantees you nothing. You may not even get the second best quarterback in the in the class with the eight pick. Ar looks like he may be. You know, they keep bumping him up on every mock draft. I'm watching now. Anthony Richardson. He's just going yeah. up. Uh, you, you know that. Uh, um, was was my boy from uh Alabama uh, Young? Uh, he's gonna he's gonna go early. Yeah. Um, for sure. So if you're not getting. The one of those two guys. I mean, I love CJ Stroud now. Don't go Stroud like that. I'm not over. I'm not. I'm not big into Ohio State quarterbacks. Me personally, CJ okay. Stroud had an up and down career to me. He he waited. I think until the back end of the season to really put on like kind of what Justin Fields did. And granted, Justin Fields, I think, has gotten a lot better since Chicago has changed some of the ways some of some of the offense to fit him. Um, I'm just not big into Ohio State guy. Me personally, I have a rule. I don't draft USC quarterbacks, and I don't draft Ohio State quarterbacks. It's just what I and, and I'm not drafting Oklahoma quarterbacks. Uh, me personally. Um, now I don't count Jalen Hurts in that because Jalen Hurts is a Trent was a transfer. But you get where I'm going. I, I have certain schools where I don't trust them. When did, I, when did we start trusting Alabama quarterbacks? They they used to not know the. No, they, good. you're right. They used to. They used, <laughs> they used to not. But Tua changed everything. Tua changed everything for Bama. He did. You're you absolutely know, right. Before Tua, you're right. You didn't trust any Bama quarterbacks either. But Tua was just so good. And then after Tua, you you, you get well. Jalen Hurts was there, but Jalen Hurts, Bama Jalen Hurts wasn't. There's Jalen Hurts. You know, they used him totally different um, back in his Bama days. But, yeah, I, I just have certain schools I, I don't that I don't bother with. C.J. Stroud, cool. I think he's the type of quarterback that you have to have everything right around him, though. I, I don't know if C.J. Stroud could come into Baltimore and work with what he has. I don't know if any of these young guys could come in and work with what Baltimore currently has on their roster and think that you can kind of pick up where you left off with, with Lamar. Um, I've said this on my show the other day, no matter what quarterback the Ravens get to replace him, it's going to be a drop-off, whether it's a bridge quarterback or whether it's a young quarterback. Yeah. I just think it's going to be a drop-off. You're going from one of the better quarterbacks in the league, arguably the best dual-threat quarterback in NFL history. You know, so I, I don't know. Um, but I definitely wouldn't take that Nick Wright deal simply because that number eight pick is a if, if it's not a top three pick or really a top four pick at worst, I don't want it. I don't want it. Um, also, you you just the, – the whole Lamar situation um, with the Ravens right now, of course, is just such a trending topic. I saw they were arguing about it on, on first take as well. Uh, Jamison Hensley from ESPN, who covers the Ravens, put out a big-time article – um, with with a lot of quotes in there from sources with the team around the league pertaining to the end of the season uh, situation with Lamar, not 
coming out there, uh, not, not finishing the season with the team and just everything about the contract. It's, we're just hearing a, a lot of things now. This is that season where all the news is going to start to come out and you're going to have to sort through the trash a little bit um, to figure out what's true and what's not. Um, I, I just think that this is going to, if the Ravens are going to trade Lamar, they should get whatever it is they're looking for or yeah. else, you know, God, I would dare I say continue to play the long game. But of course, if you do that, you run the risk of having to either take less eventually or get nothing. It just seems like they're not ready to pay this guy what he's looking for. And it just looks like he's not willing to budge off of what he's asking for. Yeah, and, and my thing is, is that if he asked for, is he if if what Jameson was saying and that he was right. asking for fully guaranteed deals, I mean, I can I can I understand. I don't right. know why we continue to act like that. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson wasn't an outlier because two more contracts got signed after Deshaun Watson, and they were not fully guaranteed contracts. One being in first row, first overall pick. So I don't know why we keep doing this thing where we think that. The new wave is going to be fully con guaranteed contracts. And I, I and so I'm not faulting Lamar, but let right. me be clear. I'm not faulting him for believing for, for knowing his worth, right? Um, but I also understand that this is a business that uh for the most part does not do that. Now, you got a situation where the Browns, you know, because a lot of people have felt like the Browns did this. They obviously needed a quarterback, right? Yeah. They have tired. They are tired of living in QB purgatory, right? They have done the best that they can. Tried to get Baker Mayfield. Tried to get this guy in free agency. Tried to do this. None of the things really worked out the way that they expected. So they had to find a way to get a guy that they believe could really uplift their franchise. Had to tell Deshaun Watson, who was on a plane on the way to Atlanta in a trade. Uh, that they would fully guarantee his contract in order for him to come because Cleveland was on his no um, trade clause, mm -hmm. right? So then he turns the plane around because that's what I would do too right. and, and you know, gets the deal. There's also part of it that maybe the Browns are, you know, tampering in terms of like what the rest of the division is going to do because you got Lamar Jackson, you got Joe Burrow, who has now been to two consecutive AFC championships, had mm -hmm. a Super Bowl appearance. I mean... Who's to say they're not trying to ruin it for everybody else in the division and find a way to keep them down so then they can find a way to build themselves up too? Yeah, I mean, it, it could definitely be all a part of their diabolical plan. It may not have been at the forefront of it, but it could be like, you know, look, we can go get our guy uh, and plus we could screw up some of the, the teams in our division, mainly the Ravens. Um, because everybody, I mean, the, the Bengals are cheap. So I don't think anybody really expects the Bengals to cough up that kind of dough, but at least with Lamar, it makes it different. He has pedigree. He has accolades. He's a unanimous MVP. You know, he is one of the bigger names in the league. So if anybody's going to follow suit looking at it, it would probably be Lamar uh, who's next up as terms of the, contract being an anomaly right now it looks like it is I don't I, I think we I still want to wait and see what happens everybody swears that these quarterbacks aren't going to ask for that just yet but I'm not a hundred percent sure that well, we, Joe Burrow has gone on record and said that he's going to get he's going to try to keep his guys there that tells that's me he's Jamar not Chase said he said. yeah Jamar Chase said he said that I don't I mean and I'm not doubting that Burrow may want to do that um but just 
in today's world where play, where everybody's trying to get their maximum value, we'll see. I'm not doubting that that's maybe what Burrow's going to look to do. And again, the Bengals are one of the cheapest organizations in the league. So exactly. I, I don't <laughs> them, Another part of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't expect them to give him uh, a fully guaranteed contract anyway. But I, I'm just saying, I didn't just with just because Russell and Kyler didn't get it. I don't necessarily look at it like that clears it because Russ is on the back end of his career. So I don't think anybody's necessarily going to give him, even though he got an outrageous deal from Denver even still, but I, I, I didn't really think that that's what would happen for him. And Kyler, while Kyler is one of the young stars in the league, Kyler has, has yet to really reach his full potential. Um, I, I think everybody still wants a lot more from Kyler Murray. He hasn't done what some of these other, like Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts have already done, reach a Super Bowl. Burrow's gone to two straight AFC championship games, like you said. So um, I, I think these guys that are up now have more of a shot to at least get that than what Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson had, were able to do. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that they're going to get it, Um but if Jalen Hurts decides to wait it out another year and because he can, this is the first yeah, he, year that he's he eligible for right. a, a new deal, but he doesn't right. have to. He yeah. has two more years left. Exactly. So if he decides to kind of wait it out and the Eagles have a repeat situation, they go to a Super Bowl, or God forbid for me, win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts, <laughs> you know, he, he could he could honestly do the exact same thing. And one thing about the Eagles, they are the they have shown they're the type of team that will do whatever it takes to keep their talent. Now, giving somebody a fully guaranteed deal of 250 plus million dollars, that's a that's a ton of money. That is that is gonna hamper your cap. Um, but uh I I do wonder, I I just am uh, taking a little pause. I don't know if we're necessarily out of the players asking for fully guaranteed money window just yet. I, I I just feel like if somebody else can get it, they, they will try. As they should, as they should. Um, I, I, I'm just trying to understand, you know, uh, where this is going to go. Um, I think that Burrow uh, potentially plays a really a, a role into this because like you said Hertz can wait if he wants to um but Justin Herbert is another one that will be coming up uh that could come up and, and and start the process as well so if they try to get that done this offseason you're curious to see how that's going to find a way to uh I, I don't know to uh, is it going to reset the market in a good way and, and I'm talking about in terms of businesses and organizations not players or the bad way for them where you're going to have to start seeing more fully guaranteed contracts I, I'm on the I'm swaying that you won't see an influx of fully guaranteed contracts but hey I've been wrong before so um yeah I I you know um, I am trying to figure out what exactly how this is is all going to play out and it may take um, the borough and the Hertz and the Herberts to see what the Ravens are going to do in terms of this quarterback situation. I mean, it, I would prefer this to be done by the draft, but the, because if you're not going to have Lamar, you need to make a decision on your future. But I mean, ultimately they don't have to, they, if they, if they want to let them play out with the cap number that, that, uh, on, on a franchise tag, they can do that. 
Yeah, I, I think we're, everybody wants to get some sort of clarity by the draft. I think we will, especially if they're going to trade them because they're going to want some of those picks to be for this year. Um, I, I and Make no mistake, I don't think the Ravens are giving Lamar a fully guaranteed contract unless he stays around another year maybe and, got, and you know, he he just looks like Superman next season and does what he said he wanted to do, win a Super Bowl in Baltimore, get pretty close. That's the only way I could see that kind of happening, but it just looks like the relationship is kind of soiled, soiled right now. Um, it looks like egos are taking the are a big part of this. And I was listening to KJ Wright on Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan the other day, and he was kind of talking about, you know, Bobby Wagner, who's his real close friend who represents himself, just giving some story, you know, talking about how Bobby Wagner used to represent himself and be in these uh, – uh, negotiations and they, you know, feelings get hurt, you know, real words are said. So Lamar's had to do this and he's probably had to hear and say some things that affected the relationship that he had with the team. Um, so it, it could just be gone. You know, the relationship could be just so sore right now, but I, I don't know. I, I, right now I'm with you. I don't think that he's going to get a fully guaranteed deal and I think I think Lamar's kind of done in Baltimore the way I look at it. If that's the case, then you need to move on. And that's the bottom line. You, you got to do something. You got to get something for him. If you got to get something. Case, then you got to then you got to move on. So you know, I and the sooner you do it, so you can figure out what is your plan for the future, the better. And that's where I stand with that. Of course, I would love Lamar to stay. I would. I, I want him to be here. Uh, a Baltimore Raven, but if that's not going to work, if if if, this, if it's just not going to work, then cut your losses and start fresh. And that's where I stand with that. So we'll see how this goes. I mean, you know, they have until March the seventh to tag them, which a lot of us expect them to do, and um, we'll we'll go from there. Before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not. What are you waiting for? Hit that subscribe button so that every time we talk about your Baltimore Ravens, you will be the first to know. So as a continuation of our position review, let's go to the safety situation. We talked about the cornerbacks the other day um, and how they lack some depth there outside of Marlon Humphrey. The safeties, as of right now, you could argue that they have a pretty solid um, roster, but that could all change. Because we do not know the status of Chuck Clark, which many people believe is going to be a departure. But as of right now, they do have you, you have Marcus Williams, obviously, who the Ravens signed um, in free agency. Of course, Kyle Hamilton who really stepped up and started playing much better and played really well down the stretch. You got Geno Stone. Again, you got uh, Chuck Clark, but you really don't know what the status is going to be with uh, Chuck Clark because, you know, many people think that he is going to be leaving for free agency. So when you look at this roster currently um, from a safety perspective, oh, I'm sorry, Darius Washington is also um, listed as a safety, which we, we don't really know much from him at the moment. When you look at this um, depth at the safety position, Cordell, what is it that you see? What does Chuck Clark's potential departure mean to you and what they have to do? Well, it's going to affect the corner spot um, because Kyle Hamilton was the nickel corner uh, with Chuck Clark back there. So with Chuck Clark moving, 
the Ravens are going to have to make a decision on whether they want to move Kyle Hamilton back to that natural safety spot or if they want to give Geno Stone an opportunity back there to keep Kyle Hamilton in the nickel corner spot. And I think what they decide to do in terms of addressing the corner position this offseason may dictate how they use Kyle Hamilton. He's that chess piece. But I think even still, you know, I thought Kyle Hamilton would be one of the more moved around defensive players in the league this year. He was moved around a lot as the year went on, but nowhere near as much as I think he would have been if he had caught on earlier than he did or if he had had another year under his belt. So going into year two, maybe we see Kyle Hamilton as that chess piece that they move all over the field um, because he can play a variety of positions. And I think the more physical he gets, the the better um, he starts to understand the speed of the game, which it looked like he did as the season went on. And the physicality definitely went up for him. Um, so I think Kyle Hamilton is kind of going to be the, 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 the one chess piece that they bounce around between a safety spot, that nickel corner spot, maybe in the box as a pass rusher as well. He did really good as a blitzer. Um, I'm excited to see how they use him. Geno Stone, I thought, played really good when Marcus Williams was hurt, um, you know, uh, this past season. And, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he he basically made it seem like Marcus Williams had never left. Obviously, that's not the case. Marcus right. Williams was a turnover machine um, before he got injured. So that that changed a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought Geno played really well. It kind of started to trend down a little bit towards the back end of his time on the field. Um but overall, I, I, w- I was fairly pleased. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine if they say they want to give Geno an opportunity to go out there because you got to see what some of these guys can do. Um, and, uh, and again, that allows them to be flexible with how they use Kyle Hamilton. Marcus Williams, man, if he can put together a full season with, uh, you know, this is a guy that could potentially lead the league in interceptions. If you give him the opportunity, uh, definitely as a, as a ball hawk, he can make plays on the ball down the field. Um, he has great range. He was he was their center fielder this year, uh, did a really good job of that. So, you know, a lot of the things up front on this Ravens defense are in place. They're, they're pretty set. Uh, the back end of that defense is just as stout as that front line, I think, um, uh, for the Ravens. So I, I like this safety group. Uh, they're, they're flexible. They, they're going to probably have to add maybe somebody else um, to that group. Um, but just for depth purposes, but I I like the safety group. I do too. Um, I am curious to know how this is going to look uh, and, you know, come, you know, training camp, um, what moves are going to be made. I I don't know. I haven't seen enough about Washington. I mean, the scouting report is very high on him. He's He's a small guy though, but, the scouting report is very high on him. Um, I really love the Ra- – I would love to keep Chuck because I love what the Ravens were able to do with Kyle Hamilton and, and how they were able to move him around and have him in so many different positions. And I think that you lose that a little bit when Kyle is now, you know, the natural safety that he's supposed to be. Now, I'm not saying that he won't excel in that position of what he of what the Ravens wanted him to be. I just really liked how he was able to kind of freely – be in different positions, be safety, be linebacker, you know, blitz as often as he did. And I think that you lose that a little bit when you lose a guy like Chuck Clark. Now, mm-hmm. of course, you can bring in another guy. I don't know if you if you think Geno Stone could do the same thing 
and move and allow Kyle Hamilton to be the guy that he was. Um, but I I have a little I have some question marks there. And, and I thought that Geno Stone did as best as he could when he was when he played mm-hmm. um when Marcus Williams was out. Um and and, and he did he did well, uh, you know, considering, right? But obviously there is a difference when Marcus Williams does play. I mean, he literally like had three like interceptions before he got injured yeah. and at that point was leading the league. So I do think that, you know, if you lose a guy like Chuck Clark, which I, I think is going to happen, I don't know. Now you're putting Hamilton back in the space that he's supposed to be, which is fine. You you want him to be where he is. But when someone can work all levels like he was able to do, because Kyle is a big dude, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and he can cover, you know, different phases of the field, then, you know, you, you wonder is he how effective is he going to be going into playing, you know, just like at his natural position and not maybe being able to move as much as he was able to do because he had another safety back there um, playing and helping him out. Yeah, I mean, and Chuck Clark would be a loss. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He would be a big loss. He brings the physicality uh, on the back end of that defense. He plays every snap. You know, he's there. He's consistent. He's, he's, He's not a health concern. Um, and he's, he's worn the green dot the last couple of years. Now, obviously, Roquan will wear the green dot now. Um, but uh, I think the biggest thing that they'll lose is that, phys- that physical safety. Um, and Geno Stone doesn't give them that. He doesn't, he's not as physical as Chuck Clark is. Uh, now, the flip side may be Geno Stone gives you more in coverage than what Chuck Clark does. But uh, strong safety is a different position than free safety. Strong safeties nowadays are asked to really play in the box a lot more. Chuck Clark played in the box a lot. Um, so I, I don't, Geno, Geno Stone's a little small. Um, I'm not saying that he can't go out there and hit anybody, but um, I just, he, he's not as, he's he's not at the stature that Chuck Clark is. He's not, he's just not that type of physical player. Um, so they are going to lose something. And that's a little bit of their identity of their defense is that physicality. Um, and Chuck Clark embodies that. Um, and Chuck Clark has been a team leader. Chuck is, you know, a, a great locker room guy. Yes, he is. Um, he's he's constantly been that guy that comes to the podium after a, a tough loss, and he's the one that's kind of speaking on behalf of the defense at times. So he will be missed for sure um, if he is indeed off this team. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know if Geno Stone, if it's that simple to just say, yeah, let's just put Geno Stone over here and keep Kyle Hamilton uh, in our nickel corner spot because I don't know if Geno Stone is going to be able to give you the same type of things that Chuck Clark gave you at the strong safety position. They may That, that may be something that they look at in the draft as well, maybe on the back mid to late rounds, uh, maybe a safety sitting there or something like that that had fallen maybe the rate that's something that the Ravens look at as well, because you're probably not going to go the free agency route again. You know um, you just spent a lot in free agency last year on the safety and Marcus Williams. You don't want you don't even have the money to necessarily do that this year. So yeah, I am intrigued to see how they go about addressing that position, but um, the people that are kind of like, you know, expecting no type of drop off after losing a Chuck Clark. Yeah. I think they're in for a rude awakening. I completely agree. So for now, this is a solid group. I just expect it to change in the next few months. Um, you know, free agency is coming up. So it's very possible that we see something then. And um, I had mentioned this last year, but you know, he had changed 
um, management, Chuck Clark did, mm-hmm. because he thought that he was going to be traded. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, and luckily for the Ravens, they didn't, you know, make that type of decision. And they needed him, you know what I mean, uh, particularly when Marcus Williams was out. But ultimately, um, I, I just don't think that they keep – they find a way to keep him hanging on in terms of that regard. And so um, do you find a way to say next guy up that's on your roster? Do you find a free agent, a, a, a low-level free agent that can help with that situation in terms of your back, um, your backup plan? Because the two safeties that you have – on paper are really, really good. It, it's everybody else that I think that you, you wonder, you know, do you add some more depth at the safety position? Because as we talked about with the cornerback position review, the Ravens love DBs. We know yeah. this. This is what they do. They love defensive backs. And so you, to them, it feels like you can never have enough. And so that will also, to me, means a guy that plays safety as well because there's some question marks after Geno Stone in terms of what those other guys can do. So, yeah, I mean, it, it would be interesting. I would love to see Chuck stay. I just don't think that that's possible yeah, at this point. I, I, he wants, I mean, you know, he wants more money. Uh, he wants to be paid, you know, what he wants to be paid. And um, I, I don't I don't think that the Ravens are going to do that. They We also, I mean, I guess it's worth mentioning you talked about guys that they have depth-wise on the roster as safety. Our Darius Washington, he'll be under contract um, for next year, too. So he's another guy that they, you know, he's there. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, he, he's on the team. So we'll see what happens with that. But, I, yeah, I, I don't expect Chuck to stick around. Um, you know, he showed up this year, and I, and I was surprised that he – was able to go about it the way that he did. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's a constant pro for sure, but I don't think he's going to do that again. I, you know, I think he, he's told us last year, he wanted to be traded this past season and yep. it didn't end up happening. I have no reason to think that he's not going to do the exact same thing this, this upcoming all season. And there probably isn't much of a trade market for Chuck Clark. It, it'll, it's probably going to end up in either him being cut or, you know, them having to settle in a, in a trade situation. Mm-hmm. I agree. So we'll find out how this goes. Um, but as of right now, I think we agree that the, the safety position is pretty solid, I'd like to say. Yeah. You know, until, until further until, notice. <laughs> until somebody gets hurt. <laughs> right. Until further notice. As of right now, uh, they, they're, they're pretty solid. So we want to thank you guys for listening. Um, enjoy your weekend. Co- Yo, combine is coming up next yeah. week. Can you believe it? It's crazy. It's, and we're already in draft season. It's yes. All right. so the, the NFL season never ends. You know, people will say Super Bowl, oh, you get some type of reprieve. No, not really, because you got franchise tag, you got combine, you got free agency, you got, you know, camps. So it never ends, ever. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm excited about the combine. There's nothing ever to be excited about. But it is something that you watch if you have guys that you're potentially interested in to play for your team um, and, and other things. So, I mean, next week, we're already there. Yep. I, I can't wait. And, you know, Ravens, uh, Harbaugh will probably talk at the Combine. Uh, I don't know if uh, DaCosta will be out there, but we'll, we'll hear from these guys next week at some point for sure. Absolutely. So thank you guys for listening. Enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you next week. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.